This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Do we have a show for you today? All right. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. The title of today's podcast is, We're All in Ministry Now. And uh, we're going to discuss uh, getting back to the basics, friends, and encouraging believers to not leave it up to your pastor to reach people outside of church walls. So um, you do not um, need to worry about sharing whatever is on your heart, whatever God puts on your heart when you are out in the public. Um, it's up to you. It's up to you to do the work that God called you to do in your sphere of influence. And isn't that what our Christian walk is about? It is about reaching people for Christ, but it is also about influence. There it is, salt and light. So influence. Let's leave an aroma of Christ to those who are perishing, as it says in 2 Corinthians 2. Anyway, can't wait to get to our special guest in studio today in just a minute. Father in heaven, please give us wisdom today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your faithfulness. Thank you, God, Redeemer, Healer. We love you. We thank you for the work that you're doing. We understand the times are getting darker, Lord, but that is not a reflection on you. Under your sovereignty, you are allowing us to reap what we have sown as a nation and as nations around the world. And, Lord, that does not stop the gospel. That does not stop your church, the body of Christ. So we pray in Jesus' name that you would encourage those who need a touch today of your Holy Spirit power and encouragement. We thank you, Lord, that we are world overcomers. We thank you, Lord, that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that you are in every one of our lives if we are believers in Christ and have the Holy Spirit. We know that you're working. We don't always see it. We don't always have prayers answered the way we want, but we know you always answer prayer. We love you and we trust you in all things, and we commit this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, um, I just got a voicemail before I got on the air, and uh, this concerned uh, woman said, I'm not sure we realize how many people are losing their jobs because of the jab. So because of the COVID vaccine, because of the, the medical tyranny. And again, I'll say right off the top that I, I'm not saying all vaccines are bad. I'm not saying all medical professionals cannot be trusted, but I'm saying you should not tell another person what they, what they can or cannot do to their own body. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and they belong to God, not government, not the education system, not a hospital. Our bodies belong to God. Anyway, back to the call. Uh, she said she works at a Catholic hospital and they denied her religious exemption. For not wanting the vaccine. And I, friends, I've been getting more messages, more emails, more phone calls on this than ever before. And I just want to share two quick emails with you before we get to Sarah Christensen and talk about Frontline Harvest Ministry and the work that they're doing here. Um, I am disappointed. This is a quote from someone in an email. I'm disappointed in the one-sided dialogue regarding vaccines. It is not the work of the devil but rather a decision that should be determined with an individual and their doctor. Agreed. It is an individual decision, not a moral decision. I, we could talk about that a little bit. She, anyway, she says, I know two hardline anti-vax individuals that have died recently from COVID, which could have been avoided if they were vaccinated. And that's all. So her, her basic complaint is the one-sided dialogue regarding vaccines. Here's the thing. What you're hearing from Dr. Lee Merritt last week, from J.B. Hickson, from pastors and others about uh, Dr. Andy Woods, about uh, religious freedom, about our bodies, about the Antichrist spirit of the age working in the globalists and the socialists that want to impact America and really take down America, and they'll use any crisis to do it. Bill Gates, who said he wants to decrease the population by 10 to 15 percent, and he said he believes the vaccine could do it. Bill Gates, quote, that was a quote, uh, we have to recognize the, the spiritual battle that underlies all this. So is it a moral decision 
that's maybe for another podcast. But I do want to say we've brought on experts. We've brought on people that have a different perspective. And when someone tunes into a show like this, you're going to hear what you are not hearing from the mainstream Democrat, liberal, socialist media in America and from social media, big tech, the one-party big tech media conglomerate that's censoring Christians, and from our government and from public schools and from the medical industry, even corporations. But anyway, that's just one email. So we try to be fair. Um, I am not anti-vaccine. I think I had one. I'm sure I had one as a kid. I don't remember. I think when I was in high school, maybe younger, I had um, whatever they had, smallpox or flu. So I had vaccines. But just the fact that this is coming up now, I'm sure all of you do not agree that the government should force any medical treatment, any, on people. But here come the vaccine passports, friends. They're going to affect our ability to travel, to go into certain stores or activities or events. And my question is, what happens when that, that, that hits a grocery store? Are they going to say you cannot come and get groceries? You cannot get food unless you get the shot. Anyway, next um, email. Good morning. My work required me to get the vaccine, something I've resisted. I know the vaccine uses aborted fetal cells in testing and research, and I know how wrong that is. I feel in a no-win situation, and I gave in rather than get fired. I went in last night and got the shot. I got the vaccine. Now I feel heartbroken and discouraged and angry. Angry at my employer. Angry at the government. Angry I was backed into a corner. Disappointed in myself. My only other option would have been to be fired, and maybe I should have gone that route. Not sure where else I can work either. Feeling discouraged, and I won't use his name. So, friends, I'm getting printed off email. I'm getting a lot of these messages. Um, Hang in there. Uh, in terms of eternity, what does this matter? Well, we can use every situation, every trial, everything that comes up to point people to Jesus and the only true hope we have. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's, that's all of our goals, right? And, and I can't wait. But in God's timing, we are here for such a time as this. So we have to go through this. Uh, we are just spoiled. America has been the anomaly with our Constitution, with our religious freedoms and the freedom to preach the gospel and do the things that we are called to do as the church, that transitions us into today's podcast, and I want to bring in today's guest, Sarah Christensen. She's been on the podcast a few times. Frontline Harvest Ministry started with a small Bible study that began in her home over 10 years ago, and uh, recognizing the fact that many hurting and lost people were uncomfortable going to a church, a local outreach seemed to be the answer for drug dealers, strippers, prostitutes, addicts, and former prison inmates who felt outcast in society and unwelcome in traditional churches. So Frontline Harvest Ministry, located in Green Bay, Wisconsin, is doing the Lord's work, preaching the gospel, mentoring women, helping those who want to know about Jesus, learn about the Bible. Sarah and her team work through church services, street outreach, community events, a women's home, study groups and dinners, children's ministry, and prayer meetings. We'll get into some of the details there. She's a former dancer, and she also created the Hands and Feet Dance Team, which helps bring healing and transformation to young girls so they can take the gospel and the love of Jesus back to their communities through service to God. Sarah, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me here. You're very welcome. You Get really close to the mic. In fact, okay. pull, pull that a little bit closer to you. Um. We are blessed by what you're doing. I've followed your ministry for several years. And by the way, there's a link in today's post at standupforthetruth.com to connect with Sarah and Frontline Harvest Ministry on Facebook. I love the pictures because the pictures don't show religion. Mm -hmm. They show hands-on ministry to people in our community, that many of which, most of which really need it. And I'm just blessed by what you do. I know a lot of local uh, saints, the remnant, uh, we're happy that you are out there doing the work that you're doing, that the church should really be doing. And that's why today's podcast is called We Are All in Ministry Now. Mm-hmm. I want to get your take on uh, why that's so important to recognize the church has not equipped the saints for ministry as Ephesians 4 instructs mm-hmm. pastors and teachers to do. Yeah, Some are doing a great job, Yeah, but it's such a small number 
Mm-hmm. And the the average Christian is not equipped mm-hmm. to go out and share the gospel, to refute arguments against God. Yeah. Uh, and we just had someone on, we're talking about evolution and Darwinism yesterday and creation, the importance of creation. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on, is that any any part of your reasoning in your approach to starting Frontline Harvest Ministry and what you're doing? And, and you're doing a great job. Um, you're mentoring women and other things. But is that any part because the church has really not done yeah. as good of a job as we could have all these years? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely saw that lack whenever I first got saved and had this passion to go and share the gospel with hurting and broken people, people that didn't look like church people. And I saw this disconnect. And I think one of the biggest things is that uh, the church isn't really even training people for this. They Sometimes I'll hear them say, we have to preach the gospel. We have to share the gospel. Yes. Okay, well, what about the people that are? Why don't you invite them to come and share about how to do that or have a group go together and start doing that? Because how do people learn unless they start to do it? So mm-hmm. I think that's a big lack in the church is there's not enough of those that are training and teaching and even taking them by the hand and saying, let's go do this. Let's get into some conversations with people who think differently, who believe differently and learn how to love them and how to share in an unthreatening way in a a way that will be able to resonate with them and reflect Christ. Mm. So you're saying that we can love people we disagree with? Yeah. (laughs) And it happens all the time. And I know we're getting into, we have such a divided um, culture now and, um, there's less tolerance, if I can use that word, um, the left's greatest virtue. There's such a, to- uh, I'm sorry, there's such an intolerance when it comes to respectfully disagreeing, mm-hmm. differing opinions, differing worldviews. Yep. And isn't this important when it comes to the gospel? It's all about worldview. Yeah. God, three words comes down to God or man. Yep. We are either believing in God, his word, the truth of Jesus Christ, the inerrancy of scriptures, the essentials of the faith. Yes. Or we are agreeing with globalism, socialism, the man's way, humanism. It's all about what survival of the fittest and we're seeing the damage that mentality has done not only in our culture but in the public schools. But I want to share uh, some scripture from 2 Corinthians 5 that God put on my heart this morning. And you said, when I handed this to you this morning, you said God put that on your heart. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't yes. want to take words out of your mouth. Yes. You, were, you were thinking about these verses yeah, this morning? Okay. I was. I have it written down. You had these written down. So it's good to know, friends, the Holy Spirit is moving. Second Corinthians 5, for the love of Christ controls us. We're starting in verse 14. Having concluded this, that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all so that those who live would no longer live for themselves. Uh-oh, American Christians would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose on their behalf. Therefore, and I think there are three therefores in a matter of 10 verses here, but therefore, from now on, this is key, we recognize no one by the flesh. In other words, you're even you're either saved or you're not saved. You're either saved or condemned. You're either a believer or an unbeliever, a follower of the Holy Spirit or an unholy spirit, which would be the spirit of Antichrist. You're the four. Jesus said, whoever is not with me is against me. Therefore, from now on, we will recognize no one by the flesh, even though we have known Christ by the flesh, yet Now, we know him in this way no longer. Why? Because Jesus ascended to heaven, and he sent the Holy Spirit. And now we recognize people by the Spirit they are of. Therefore, verse 17, a very familiar one, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and here's where Sarah and Frontline Harvest Ministry and you, friend, come in. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them, and he has committed to us 
the word of reconciliation. Therefore, <laughs> the final therefore in 2 Corinthians 5, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin in our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There is a lot in just those seven verses, Sarah. I'd love for you to share whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to to share right now. Yeah, just that his value system and his character should be shining and reflecting through us every day in our actions and how we talk. And being an ambassador is representing somebody else. And so it's kind of like we're always on stage, although it should never be a performance, but we should always be accountable to that Mm. and knowing that we have been given something so precious, so free, the gift of eternal life, of salvation, and that we are literally always called to represent him, his love, his way, his character. And like you said, being salt and light, we are called to be an ambassador for Christ. Mm. And it's for him. Mm. It's not for ourselves. It's for his glory, which is part of the mission of the church, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, but also to bring glory to him and that Mm. we don't do this for ourselves, but we do this for the glory of God. Amen. You said represent. Uh, You know, it's a common word. Hey, let's let's represent. You know, who do you represent? I know most of the listeners that uh, tune into our podcast, uh, they represent well. They try to use their sphere of influence and the gifts that God's given them, the time, talents, and treasures to glorify Christ, you know, for the kingdom of God. But we are ambassadors, not secret agents. That's right. We are ambassadors, not closet Christians. And you got, sorry, friends, we all have to get out of our comfort zone in order to do that, to represent, to to be the salt and light in our society, the preserving influence and the light that shines in the darkness. So, Sarah, let's go back to Frontline Harvest Ministry um, I think it's been maybe a year since you've been here. Maybe not. Uh, but let's get an update on what you've been doing. Any new, you know, branches that have been added to yeah. all the things you're already doing. Please share a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, so besides the um, discipleship and the biblical counseling and the, the women's Bible studies this summer, we've been doing our outreaches at the parks every Monday. We've been at Tank Park and Whitney Park. That's and in Green Bay? Yep. And just serving food out there every Monday through the summer. This last was, this last Monday was our last Monday. Uh. Um, but as a result, we have seen a lot of people come to Christ and respond and make decisions for the Lord and grow in their discipleship and just desiring to know the Lord and, and thinking about their eternity is so. It's been a huge blessing. We're going to start up our Women's Bible Study again in October. Um, so far, just this year, we've housed um, in our Harvest Home 10 women who have come and given their lives to Jesus and walked through discipleship. Wow. And today, they're you know still seeking the Lord and walking soberly. Praise um, God. Yeah. So it's been really amazing. And God's been opening <laughs> new doors with that. I'm not going to tell everything, but okay. I'm excited about what God is right. doing in that. Okay, I see you glowing over there. you got something up your sleeve, but <laughs> or the Holy Spirit does. Um, Sarah, we've got one minute before we have to take a break, uh, but um, tell us about the Harvest Home. Was that your and your mom's home that you opened up, you oh. added rooms, yes. and now you're helping women off the streets? Tell us in one minute about that real quick. Yes, in one minute. So mm. about, and we'll, we'll continue when we yeah, come back. Yeah, about 15 years ago, we started opening up our home and it just grew into women who have been sex trafficked, prostituted, drug addicted. Mm. Um, and it goes on and just a place for them to come. It's actually a program now um, just so that they can know the Lord of Discipleship program and they find transformation, healing and freedom through coming and walking through that. 
Okay, before we get into break, who's how can people support that, and where do you get money to yeah. house house these women? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's two homes now. Praise so, God. Yeah, yeah. We Thank you, two, Jesus. Yeah. Um, you can connect on Facebook. You can connect to my email, p r l i n c e s s zero one at aol dot com, and my number is open too. Okay, so we'll put that in today's podcast post. So how about on your website, FrontlineHarvestMinistry.com? Is there a donate yep. donate yep, tab? Yeah, there is. Okay. Good yes. thing you mentioned that. Yes. <laughs> um, support us. It doesn't say donate. It says support us, and then it goes to a link where you can donate yes. online. So we'll talk more about this when we come back with Sarah Christensen and Frontline Harvest Ministry on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. In studio, Sarah Christensen, Hunt, uh, Frontline Harvest Ministries, and you can go there and check out the website and the great work that they're doing. And I encourage you to, you know, go over to the website in the right-hand side where it says support us, and I encourage you to venture in that direction without telling you what to do. Um, because technically I'm not able to tell you what to do. Uh, anyway, do you like how I did that crash? Anyway, uh, Sarah, we were talking about the women's home. I want to make sure I give you every opportunity to, to, to wrap up that, um, thought and yeah. that, that important work that you're doing to help women off the street. How are you doing it? Uh, are you getting enough funding and whatever else you want to share about that? Yeah. So we are always needing help, like um, women that can counsel, do biblical counseling, mentoring, okay. classes. Volunteers. Um, yeah, we need women to do that. We are always needing prayer. We're always, finances, all that you can think of is always a need for these women because um, obviously they need hygiene and a lot of times they come with nothing, absolutely mm. nothing. Wow. Um, but yeah, so we're just there to support them and help them grow in their faith with the Lord. Praise God. Um, and so how are you doing uh, financially? You're, you're okay? You have enough? Is it month we're, to we're month? We're always being challenged and stretched. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's so nice. She's not going to say, yeah, we could use your help if anyone out there is interested in <laughs> donating. I'm going to say that for her. Uh, so, Sarah, we, we want to send more people uh, that have a heart for women and people off the street. We want to send them... Um, your way. Yeah. Um, what are some things that uh, listeners can donate? Maybe people that are in the area of Northeast Wisconsin, because you're right in Green Bay. You've got two homes. Yeah. Are there things you need? Oh, yeah. Whether that be personal things or household yes. things. Yes. You know what? I have a list, and so if anybody is it on Facebook or something? Nope. I have a paper. It's in your head? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it with me, so I'm kind of like, uh, but, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to meet with whoever is interested and okay. share that and give that paper and whatever God would lay on their heart and go from there. Okay. And we will put, did you say you're, you're okay with giving out your phone number? Yeah. We won't do that on the podcast, but we're going to put it in the post at standupforthetruth.com in today's podcast post with the other links. We'll put her phone number and email so you can get a hold of Sarah and either help, uh, volunteer, donate some items. Okay, the next thing, I want to get back actually to something you said about, you know, a lot of churches, most people know John 3.16. Most mm-hmm. people know the, the basics yes. of the Easter story, the true story of the crucifixion, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, most people know the reaction of the church, how the Holy Spirit came on the scene. People were baptized, and and they started doing work and advancing the gospel. Churches sprouted up everywhere. But a lot of people don't know how to put that into practice as far as getting out and having conversations Mm -hmm. at work. And I know at work, if you're in an environment where you you got to be careful what you say. You can be fired for sharing the gospel. I know there are all these different uh, situations that people are in, but it doesn't change our commission. That's right. It doesn't change our, our purpose and our job. So a lot of churches do not give the practical information or steps or back to the equipping, that yes. the E word. So share your thoughts on that and how maybe we could do a better job yeah. of, of being equipped. Yeah, well, I think that a lot of churches might be a little scared even to to go in that direction. Um, and I think that they know, too, that they are lacking in that. And so 
building up the church is part of the mission too, is mm. that we are to build up, yes. we are to edify and equip as Ephesians 4 says, and not to be scared. If there is somebody who is being effective in doing this to maybe ask them and see and say, Hey, could you lead a class on this? Could you take them and on a group? Because I know this summer we've taken a lot of women that have given their lives to Jesus as new believers or growing in their discipleship. And they didn't even want, like they were so scared. They're like, I don't think I can do this. I don't want to do. But then after going like their first, second time, they have found a new found boldness. They grew in boldness. They started speaking. They started trying to answer. And it's not like they were being argumentative. They just found a love for the lost. Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. Mm. And so that should be our burden is um, that the church is important, but we also need to be reaching the lost. That's the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. And some that are doing that can come alongside the church and bring a class and bring a teaching and, and help with how do you defend the faith? How do you be prepared? Like First Peter says, to be prepared to give an answer to anybody who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. We need to be ready for that. Like, why do you believe in Jesus? What is your testimony? And if you have an opportunity to share that, what does that look like? Mm. And so that should be something offered to the church. And I think it's the leader's job to really be prayerful about their body and who yeah. is gifted in what and who has passion for what, who mm-hmm. has experienced in what. find out. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to start appointing that and get that set up so it can be active and we can see fruit because he said that's how we're how he is glorified is that we bear much fruit. Amen. Fruit that will last. Yeah. Um, think about this. There, I don't know what percentage it is now of most Christian churches or evangelical churches that are actually, if you take a congregation, let's just say 200, I'm guessing there are 25 people that are leading ministries, involved in doing hands and feet stuff. Uh, And what about the other 175? What about the other? So most churches, and I I just threw out that number because I'm guessing it's around there. What if every person said, well, I can at least do such and such, yeah. whatever part of me. So this is about using what God has given you Amen. to bless the body of Christ. And it is about uh, building up the body of Christ. It is not about building buildings. Let me That's cl- right. <laughs> let me clarify something. The church growth movement, man, it sent American Christianity even further into, mm. the, into the stratosphere, outside of what our job was. That was in the 1970s when they just started you know, building these big – the churches – Building these big buildings in the 70s and 80s. Now, there are some good megachurches. I want to say that. We have some, some pastors on this podcast that have megachurches, and they're preaching the whole truth, but not all of them do. In fact, most of them do not. So they're building these big buildings, and they now are probably more like entertainment centers where you've got to do something to draw in people from the world. Yes. Once you draw people, attract people with your worship shows, with the big bands and the light show and the smoke, whatever else it is, our drama, whatever else it is. Now, none of these things are evil in and of themselves. But when we use these things to bring in the world, we've got to keep giving the world what we drew them in with. Yes. You can't all of a sudden start talking about repentance and hell and go to the book of <laughs> Revelation, talk about the Old Testament. and all. You can't do that. So what I wrote down earlier when you were talking was there's this equipping the saints – versus building the church. Mm. Notice, building the church sounds like a good thing, but we should be building the body of Christ. Absolutely, You're talking about equipping believers. You're talking about going to churches, telling them, here's how we can not only share the gospel, but defend the faith, Yes, give an answer to anyone who asks to give us a reason for the hope. Crass just handed me this. Uh, Harvest Home Residential Program focuses on five pillars. I don't know where he got this, but the five <laughs> pillars, spiritual, recovery, work, life skills, and health and wellness. So we, I guess we should have talked about this in the last segment, <laughs> but but that's basically what you covered without going into detail. Yeah. And I didn't know if you wanted to go back to that. Because right now we're talking about the importance of the average Christian 
you know, there we are not given a spirit of fear. Yes. You said something earlier, but they're afraid to dot dot dot. I think you were talking about pastors and church leaders yeah. being, being afraid to go out in the community, uh, equip your congregation. I'm just scratching my head over here. But then I think back to some sermons I've I've heard over the last decade or more. Uh, my wife used to have a, a worship ministry, mm. and we used to go to different churches, either filling in for their worship team or doing special music or whatever, and she'd play and, and she'd minister through music. And then I'd hear the sermon. And I, my goodness, Sarah, I know you pr- you're probably not surprised, but there's so there's such a minority of pastors and preachers mm-hmm. that are not only bold enough to share the whole counsel of God, but they're speaking speaking the truth. More often than not, what I heard was, um, well, it might be a topical sermon, and I'm not saying they're all wrong or evil, but when you just do that, how to be a better dad or how to have a financially secure family or all, yeah, what, what what happened to the gospel, discipling, equipping, yeah. and going back to what the church is supposed to do in the ministry right. to the public? I, and I understand that might the information might be helpful for the people in the seats, yes. but I think we've got to do so much more. And if pastors are afraid to go there, um, boy, we've got a problem. You're just like your thoughts, whatever God puts on your heart right now. Yeah. I do see that. And even even some preachers and, and pastors that do say to go share the gospel, here's the thing is I'm listening to them say that, but yet they're not doing it. Mm. You know, they're saying what we need to share the gospel. We need to get this out there. We need to proclaim Christ. But then what is the follow up to that? How is their equipping of the body? Um, like if you go to some of their churches, none of them are really getting out there. And I understand we're a witness to through how we live in front of people. But the Bible is very, very clear that we are to proclaim, you know, we are to speak Amen. the gospel as well. Amen. How will they hear, right? The Bible says in Romans 10, Romans like, 10. like how, yeah. how will they believe unless they hear? And how will they hear unless somebody tells them? Like they, we have to, we're sent out wherever we go. Yes, but we also have to be very intentional and purposeful about this. And I think pastors and leaders are held at a huge standard and they will be very accountable in how they've equipped their body to actually go out and share the gospel because this is the great commission. This is what is on the Lord's heart. He is reaching out to people constantly. And like Paul said in Second Corinthians that it was through them that that God was making an appeal through. Mm. And so in a sense, it's like God wants to use us to make an appeal to people. But where is that today? Mm. It's a big lack in the church. And again, it really does go back to just, um, you can't appoint somebody who doesn't have a passion and not already doing this to go and tell somebody else how to do it. It, it has to be the those that have this passion who have been doing this, who have effectiveness in it, to stir that up, like he tells in Timothy, like stir it up. And so that's what we are called to do. Amen. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Um, You know, we're just getting back to some of the basics here in these conversations, but it's it's so important. And I know, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, Peter, and John, they all understood this. A lot of times in their letters, they had to get back to the basics and remind the early church and the saints what their role responsibilities are. Here's how we got to do this biblically. Um, but we're just trying to encourage believers to, to you, if you're listening, and, and others, get this message out to minister to those around you, regardless of your education, regardless of your ministry experience, regardless whether you feel equipped or not, because God equips the called. He doesn't necessarily call the equipped. That's right. Otherwise, you'd go to Gideon and Moses and some of the Isaiah. Some of these guys, they didn't feel equipped. No. Um, but you know, our our um, equipping comes from God. Our, That's right. Our competency comes from Him. Yes. So we're just trying to encourage you, uh, regardless of where you're at, just start a conversation with someone. Just uh, try to do what the Lord's put on your heart, what's in your heart, because so many churches. It's sad to say. Um, have not equipped the saints, and uh, we're not doing church the right way generally in America. And that's also sad to say. 
I didn't get. I got that from Elijah Abraham, uh, one of our guests here. Who's by, by the way, he's coming to the Prophecy Conference in Appleton in two weeks. He says American Christianity is not biblical Christianity, and then he has to unpack that and explain what he means. But we're talking a little bit about that today. How we have to do some of the things that the church should have been doing in these many decades and even a hundred plus years to not only build up the body of Christ, not the building, but the body Christians so that they can go out and engage culture, but to do the work ourselves of reaching people in our sphere of influence. Sarah, we've just got uh, two minutes or so left, and I do want to direct people back to your website, which is frontlineharvestministry.com. Yes. You uh, mentor women. Yes. You have biblical counseling. You do yes. so many other things. Um, uh, just, just share whatever is on your heart to wrap up the importance of what you're doing and your ministry. Yeah. Well, I just think about Titus when he calls us to just adoring the gospel. And in fact, I'm just in awe of your ministry, too, because it's so needed in this culture to be able to stand up for the truth. And, you know, in the ministry, it's definitely always a challenge. I think that um, it's always humbling. It, it always brings us to see our need for God more and mm-hmm. our limits. Mm. And so that way we can really depend on his grace. And Amen. I can just see like God's faithfulness. And it's, you know, the ministry is, it can be a rewarding. It can be challenging. Um, but definitely just seeing God's goodness and his faithfulness mm. and him proving himself over and over through it and making us more like Christ is, is what it's all about. And we're trying to impart that gospel. Like Paul says, you know, I'm not just sharing the gospel, but I'm also imparting my life. Mm. And, um, I think that's really what we're all about in ministry yes. is we're not here to just say, Hey, come to church, but Hey, we're here to do life, life to Amen. life with you. We're here to walk through those challenges and the trauma and your disappointments and your griefs and, and work through that and take it from a biblical view and learn how to trust God through that. So everything that we're trying to do is to bring the gospel to these women and children even mm-hmm. um, in any way without compromise that Amen. they can be reached right where they're at. And that's really what we're about is reaching people right where they're at. We don't expect them to change or them to come, but we'll come to you. We'll meet you right where you're at because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus would do. Um, mm-hmm. He's done it for me. And the grace that he has shown me is so great that um, I just have this passion, and I know you do too. Praise God! <laughs> Thank oh, we're thankful for you, Sarah. And what so many things popped into my head. I know we have to take a break here, but uh, you are the only Bible some people will ever read. Amen. It is your life, and Paul said, um, "You," meaning the people he was writing to in the early church, Christians, believers. You are our letter. Yes. To others, uh, yes. the message is written not on stone but in human hearts, yes. uh, and we are the ones who are called to share the gospel and continue and, and to be messengers of reconciliation, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those who are hurting. So Sarah's going to stay with us, but when we come back, there's a couple really good news stories that we want to tackle before we get into some other frustrating stories. But we're going to talk about some things that are going on in our uh, country and one is on the pro-life front, another on religious liberty, and then the battle, the war on truth. We've got to get to that too as soon as we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up for the Truth with David Fiorazzo. Okay, well, there's three positive stories. I just found another one here. Before we get to that, Sarah and I were talking during the break about some scriptures that God put on our hearts, and she came in with one that I just paraphrased or referenced before we took a break. And Sarah, I'm going to have you share that, then I'm going to share one more before we get into the news stories. Go ahead. Second Corinthians 3, 3. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything of being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Amen. 
And that's what we were talking about, friends. Your sufficiency is not your own. You don't go share the gospel or do God's work knowing the opposition and the demonic influences right. out there. You don't do it in your own strength. No. That's a fail. I mean, you might be able to make some progress, but our sufficiency <laughs> is from God. That's he right. gives us everything we need. Um, and I just want to share back to that idea of influence, what I said in the last segment, um, 2 Corinthians 2, it says in verse 14, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us reveals the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Now it kind of, he kind of tells you what he's talking about here. To the one, an aroma from death to death. To the other, an aroma from life to life. So to those who hate God and are antichrist, your aroma is death to them. Mm. To those who are saved or who want to come to know God, that's an aroma of life. So we are a fragrance. Remember this idea of salt and light. Are you leaving behind a fragrance of Christ where you go. Now, to the great, the great stories we uh, mentioned yesterday, Religious Liberty had a big win for uh, John MacArthur and Grace Community Church in Southern California in their battle over COVID prompted overreach by Emperor Newsom out there. I hope he gets recalled and whatever. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so the attorneys said they announced the state of California and the county of Los Angeles have been ordered to pay $800,000 um, in, uh, pre, to, in prevailing party attorney's fees after state and federal courts in California issued permanent injunctions prohibiting the state or any of its agencies, and this is key, from ever again imposing discriminatory restrictions on all houses of worship. This, friends, is huge. Now, this is California. It's not the Supreme Court. But it's a big case nonetheless because what they just said was the state government of California can no longer discriminate when we've got a pandemic and they're using their emergency authority. They can no longer say abortion, big abortion business, you can stay open. Hardware stores, you can stay open. Uh, restaurants, you can do this. But churches, you have to close. Or churches, you can only open to 25%. Or you've got to have masks on. You've got to do this. You've got to do that in your houses of worship. So what they're saying is the state can no longer do that. So this is a very important case and a win for religious liberty. We would not have that if we did not have the Constitution of the United States as our founding documents and then really the law of the land. Um, the problem is through the years there's a lot of, you know, um, Politicians take the law into their own hands or they don't even enforce certain laws. But anyway, this is a good case that just came down in the last couple of days. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, they were, man, they were threatening MacArthur's church. They were threatening to, to uh, take away their parking lots because that was on public property or whatever. They were, they were leasing their parking lots because it it's a big church out there. There were so many things that the governor was coming against this church. Why? Because during the alleged lockdown, they wanted to continue to worship God and hold services and allow people to come into their building and worship freely, what we are called to do, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as it Amen. says in Hebrews. Thank you to all the pastors. By the way, one of our most popular podcasts of this year was a couple of weeks ago when we had Pastor Tim Stevens on from uh, Calgary up in Canada. He's been arrested twice. He's been imprisoned. And uh, he believes that the Canadian government will still yet try to make an example out of him for him holding church services during Canada's lockdown. So that, if you want to go check that podcast, it's go to standofthetruth.com, go into the search bar and type in Tim Stevens, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. -E -E Next, a pro-life victory. Um, the state of Texas uh, passed a six-week abortion ban. And by the way, I know this can get tedious because pro-life laws will be legislated and then the pro-aborts will try to strike them down and get their guy in there to do something and then they'll, they'll have a lawsuit and I'll, it'll go back and forth what one of our guests called political ping pong with life. But the Supreme Court came in 
and addressed the Texas Heartbeat Act. And one of our guests last week, uh, Bradley Matz, he came in and said he was he's with Life Issues Institute. He said the Supreme Court uh, took action on this Texas Heartbeat Act and allowed the law to take effect. This is huge. He said the Texas Heartbeat Bill is now saving lives of its most vulnerable citizens in the state, unborn babies. Even though their reprieve is not permanent, we are grateful the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, and I believe it was a five to four decision, so it's that razor thin, but the Supreme Court action will bear the precious fruit of saving the lives of thousands of children. So the legislation prohibits abortion when the baby's heartbeat can be detected by medical professionals. See how important it is. Now, the political battle comes into play here, Sarah, when there's an, a, a heartbeat bill and then their Planned Parenthood and other abortion businesses will not provide ultrasound or will not offer that detection. Mm. That's how they get away with it. We're going to abort your baby no matter what. We're not going to allow this young mother with a baby child, by the way, the Bible says with child, so let's just say child in the womb, yeah. to be detected by their equipment there. So isn't that wow. interesting how they play games with this? Yeah. But um, it will protect, uh, what it says, the bill will protect uh, 90% of the abortion industry's intended victims in Texas. So if this holds, friends, uh, America will have taken a huge step toward protecting all of its citizens, born and unborn, so that's good news. I don't have time to get into all the details of that Texas law, but th- thankful for Governor Greg Abbott in Texas, Senate Bill 8, which effectively um, does this and bans abortions in the Lone Star State the moment a fetal heartbeat is detected. That's, that's huge. Now, of course, we know life is at conception. The Bible holds that. We believe in even science actually would uphold what the Bible teaches. But uh, the truth is, life there's life at conception. But at least this is a start, going back to the heartbeat. Um, looks like Justice Clarence Thomas was on the side of life. Uh, Samuel Alito, Trump appointed uh, Justices Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett, all appointed by President Trump. And you know who sided with the left? John Roberts. Oh, Lord, help us. Anyway, get to the next story. Um, So President Biden blasted the Texas heartbeat law, saying, I am deeply committed to legalized abortion. You know exactly where the Biden-Harris administration stand and their promotion of the culture of death. uh, So I don't need to read that article. Another article we talked about briefly yesterday, you know, we mentioned some Christians were disappointed that um, we were supporting Glenn Beck, who is a Mormon, but who is a truth proclaimer and defender when he talks, when you talk about the Constitution, religious freedom and, and morality in our country, he's always taken the side of Christians. He was helping raise money with the Nazarene Fund to go rescue Christians out of Afghanistan. Glenn Beck. And they raised, the Nazarene Fund raised, I think it was something like, was it $70 million or something like that? Anyway, they raised a lot of money to go to send people over to Afghanistan to, to rescue Christians. And it looks like they rescued more than 5,000 Christian refugees who have now been relocated in a handful of different countries. So I said, thank you, Glenn Beck. And some said, well, we shouldn't partner with Mormons. We're going to partner with whoever wants to save life. Uh, we'll partner with, with Catholics, many of whom are hostile to the gospel and, yeah. and the, the truth of the Bible. The Catholic Church is split on that, as we know, but we'll partner with whoever wants to save life, whether it's in the womb or whether it's Christian refugees or whether it's the terminally ill. We we are against euthanasia. So we are pro-life from womb to the tomb, and we want to support life. So this says, now, we've also been against the false teacher, prosperity preacher, Kenneth Copeland. But he lended his private jet to Glenn Beck, to help rescue Afghan Christians. So we've got some interesting workings going on here. So just because we are saying kudos to these men who are rescuing Christians and who are standing for life or whatever they're doing, we are not supporting their theology. We're not even talking about theology at this point. We're talking about the very basic human right to life and what we can do to support life. So 
Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about my new article is over. Um, I, actually, I don't think it's at Harbinger's Daily, which is a great website. I encourage you to support harbingersdaily.com. But it's called Veritas. No surprise. Harvard hires atheist chaplain. You heard that right. Harvard University has hired an atheist chaplain. Um, I do a, a pretty extensive article on that, but I just want to share a couple things. The atheist, uh, Psalm 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, The wisdom of this world is foolishness in the sight of God. What does Harvard do? Hires an atheist chaplain. What's interesting about that is in 1692, their rules and precepts at Harvard University said, Truth for Christ and the Church. 1692. Truth for Christ and the Church. Within 150 years, they removed Christ. They removed the Church. And now if you go and just see the Harvard logo, it says Veritas, which means truth. But they, I think they have to remove that too, because if you're not teaching the truth, the Bible which Harvard was found, Pastor John Harvard, was founded upon, and you remove the, the, the church, what are you teaching? We know now. Let me just share with you a couple things real quick. I have a minute to do this. Um, at Harvard University in 2015, um, you could register at, using whatever gender pronoun you desired. 2017, Harvard released a student guide suggesting that gender can change from day to day. Those who are against that are transphobic. And in 2018, a Christian group at Harvard was accused of discrimination for believing in the teachings of the Bible for their leadership to live by the biblical standards. Harvard College Faith and Action. And in 2019, a survey came out and said more than a fifth or 21% of the class at Harvard were agnostic. So what a far cry from the earliest days of most Ivy League colleges where they are in pursuit of biblical truth. They were raising up ministers and pastors to go and take mm-hmm. care of congregations and pastor churches. They weren't there to just, you know, share with college students what they wanted to do out in the, their culture and conform with the world. They were actually, in fact, one of the verses, one more thing real quick. One of the verses they went by early on was John seventeen three, Harvard's foundational verse. It says, this is eternal life, that you may know, or that they may know, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. John seventeen three. That's one of the early foundations of Harvard and why they started the university. So that article is on my personal website. We'll let you know if it gets picked up anywhere else. No surprise, Harvard hiring an atheist chaplain. When we come back, we're going to let you know who our guests are next week. Man, can you believe it's September already? More on Stand for the Truth in just a minute. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. So I'll be at the Prophecy Conference. We have a table there. I'll have my books available, Canceling Christianity. Um, it's funny, we've got Chris Quintana next Thursday and Andy Woods next Friday in studio. He's, they're both going to be speaking at the Prophecy Conference, as you just heard. But um, next Monday, we're off. Don't tune in. Go listen to a past podcast um, and just enjoy, hopefully, if you're off, the day off. Uh, Seth Gruber, a pro-life advocate, back with us. Actually, our, his first time with us next Tuesday. You will hear from Natasha Crane, blogger and Christian apologist on Wednesday. Chris Quintana and Andy Woods. A great week next week. Thank you guys so much again for your prayers and support. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. <laughs>